the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Right now, it's 106 on this uh, Tuesday. It is February 8th, and this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Grill. Uh, Lodge, stop in and see them. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Uh, Delicious food. They have the big deck outside, and folks, it's uh, very nice out now. I mean, my goodness, the weather this week, you would think it's the first week of spring. Right now, as you just heard the forecasts, uh, the temperature in most parts of the state <clears throat> has climbed above 40, 40 degrees, which certainly seems nice. Could be getting as high as 45 this afternoon. I'm looking at sunset at 510. Wow. That means it's basically sunlight till 530. How about Thursday? 52 degrees. The melt is on. Friday, 45. Saturday, 54 degrees. 52 on Thursday, 54 on Saturday and sunny. So this is what I'm talking about. Finally, folks, things are starting to break our way. All right, pop in and see them at the uh, Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Well, folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always, as I'd like to say, listen on our website, DePietro.com. So let's get you up to speed on some of the news of the day. And uh, because the news, it, it is, um, you know, things happen in real time. Um, let's see. Black workers claim racist, racism rampant inside Tesla. Elon Blast Media for Relentless Hate Stream. Elon Musk is the latest one they want to go after. Elon Musk is now the latest they want to go after. Um, let's see. Biggest bet in history. Record 31 million Americans are going to gamble on the Super Bowl. We are becoming a, a gambling nation without question. You know what's sad is the uh, Academy Award nominations came out and um i i don't know i it's it's starting to seem like it's it's just like from another time um movie making i i don't i don't think they're making great films anymore i think you know film was something that <clears throat> there was a time that that's how we would watch things but now people you know they want a little bit more there's there's now a series on, like, you know, Yellowstone, or there's a film uh, or a, a series on Netflix or on Hulu or Prime or HBO. The, the big projects now, less and less, uh, they're telling stories in, you know, what is traditionally regular movie was normally right around two hours, and they're starting to get away from that more and more. So now I'm also just saying this. Channel 12 is the story. Political newcomer to Rhode Island has filed paperwork to seek the Republican nomination for governor. Ashley Collis, who bought a home in Newport last May, previously lived in Illinois, filed a notice of organization with the Rhode Island Board of Elections Monday afternoon under her married name, Ashley Wensweg. Already that's confusing. She registered the URL AshleyCollis.com. Plans to use for uh, run for office using that surname. Her website is not active yet. Um, she's 39 years old. Has not responded to requests for comment potential run. It's been mounting this winter. Republican leaders discussed the possibility of a dark horse candidate for governor emerging from the business world. Republican Party Chair Susie Yankee said she's been in touch with Ashley Collis. Thinks the announcement is forthcoming. She's still exploring. Well, it's mid-February for crying out loud. Um, Her and her husband bought a house in Newport last May. She registered to vote in Newport January 18th. 
she'll be eligible to vote February 17th. She does have a history in Republican politics. She worked on the successful 2014 campaign of the former Illinois GOP governor, serves as director of public engagement in his office. He's a moderate and lost his re-election 2018. Worked in the medical industry, blah, blah, blah. I'm just, she's 39 years old. She's from Illinois. She arrived in Newport in, in, um, in May. I'm, I'm not supporting or voting for someone who got here in May, who's 39 years old, and now thinks, I'll think I'll run the state. It doesn't work that way. Is, is Rhode Island desperate? Yes. We're not that desperate. I'll be the first one. I'm not supporting a tourist with money, not for governor. Run for another office. Run for treasurer. You feel maybe run for secretary of state and I'm all in. But you're 39 years old. You arrived here in May. It's insulting. It's insulting. I'm not supporting someone like that for governor, period. I don't care if she's the only nominee. Well, what would you do if she, I, I, I'm not voting for, I don't know how else to explain it. I'm not. That's ridiculous. It's insulting. No, no, that's, uh, it, it goes beyond that. It's actually stupid. And, you know, I spoke with members of the Republican Party. Oh, she's a, a real Rhode Islander. And no, no, she's a real Republican and blah, blah, blah. Um. <clears throat> All right, I'm seeing Ted Nisi. How Rhode Island is this? Campaigning at Atwood Grill, Democrat Joy Fox runs into Republican Mayor Alan Fung, who might be her opponent. So he's shaking her hand. Um, I don't know why he's shaking her hand. I don't know why he feels obligated to shake her hand. But I, I don't know why. All right, fine. She's walking around. It doesn't matter. Ugh. All right, I want to let me get to some more of the sound. I love the um, the stuff about the truckers in Canada, though, folks. That and I hope that that is coming to the United States. The only thing is, I'm, I I think as COVID is starting to um, as COVID is starting to kind of it is tampering down. Right now, it's seemingly it's it's all about control. It's all about control at this point. So it's about control and money. I want to play. This was, um, let me go back to Morning Joe. Morning Joe, the teach, head of the teachers union. This woman is very powerful. Very, very powerful. Randy Weingarten. And she's talking about there isn't enough evidence to end mandatory masking in school, which I, I don't understand and Anyway, there's absolutely enough evidence. But let me just hear. This is head of the teachers union. This is the person that prepares all the talking points for the local union officials. Here she is this morning. Just say, okay, it's time to get rid of the masks. Isn't there enough science available already? Yeah. Well, that's why I'm saying that we're, if we... You know, we believe in our friends. I asked for, I asked Dr. Cardona and Dr. Walensky to start planning for an off-ramp in November pre-Omicron. But then you had the Omicron surge and the masks were back on. And then the K95 masks were back on. So the real question becomes, how do we make sure that people can plan for it? And, and what are the measures so that everybody knows? So it doesn't feel like it's based upon politics. It feels like it's based upon um, making sure that there's no transmission in school. And it feels like the four or five different factors, which is what New Jersey used, are um, vaccination rates. That's what Massachusetts uses. Low community spread, thank God. Omicron is like down to 3% or so in, in New York and New Jersey. Um, low hospitalizations. And it and and so I'm just asking the CDC to actually weigh in here so that we have that kind of guidance around the country. That is uh, the head of the teachers union. Folks, the real answer is there will never be enough science for them to be satisfied. Never. Never be enough science. You have a child psychiatrist, John Hopkins. She did an interview, CBS Morning Show. We're not designed to communicate with masks on. Of course we're not. 
Let's hear this. Dr. Carol Vidal, a child psychiatrist at Johns Hopkins, says it is time for students to take off their masks because so many have fallen behind. How does a parent weigh the risk of COVID versus the risk of educational, emotional, social, developmental loss? It's really hard to measure right now the effects of um, masking all the time. I would expect that we would find that it's going to be causing harmful uh, effects because we are not designed to to communicate with masks. No, we're not. Dr. And children Dr. certainly are not expected to do that. But see, it doesn't matter when you run into the teachers union. The mask requirement. Now we have to wait to see if Rhode Island Governor Dan McKeon. Again, folks, good afternoon. At 116 on this Tuesday, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now we have to wait and see if Governor McKee can, in fact, get permission from the teachers union and what he's going to have to give them now for them to agree that they will unmask the children in the schools. Um, that governor in Virginia, Governor Glenn Youngkin. He, um, without question, he, he, there is someone who will stand up to the teachers unions. He is someone who will push back, will push back and, and basically, um, he, he, he's on the side of the parents. He's on the side of the parents, meaning that the governor. But the COVID restrictions, you know, the whole thing of the the mask mandate. Let's go to this is a MSNBC, and the person is asking, you know, don't you think it's time to end the school mask mandate? This is one of those doctors. No, not yet. No, it's not Dr. Sanjay Gupta. It's Dr. Vin Gupta. Let me hear this. Dr. Gupta, do you think it's time for school mask mandates to end nationwide? I live with kids who are more than willing to wear their masks, and it's my parents who complain about my children having to wear masks. But my kids don't mind it. Morning, Stephanie. Not yet. So uh, here on, on February 8th, not yet. But I, I do think that as we proceed March 15th towards April 1st, which I think will be a watershed moment for the country, where we will be truly at an endemic phase based on all forecasts, based on where we are currently at right now, which doesn't feel that way. I do think that we're headed to a place where you can, we can safely do that because warmer, more humid air will mean less transmission and addition we have population level immunity by April 1st. So we are trending in the right direction. Important also to start peeling these back when we can do so safely. So that come winter time of 2022, when I'm concerned about what that may look like, we will have the credibility to reinstitute some of these controls if we need to. Allison, take us. Still not time. Still not time in their mind. Nope. Let's go to again, stay with MSNBC. Doctors saying mass mandates are. They're hurting children's emotional verbal development. So why is this continuing? Again, they say, oh, no, quite the opposite. Yep. Younger children use all parts of the face, even when masked. Does anyone really believe that? Here we go. Just in terms of the risk benefit ratio, uh, even when we have vaccines available for the younger children, we've seen a very low usage rate, a vaccination rate among, among children already the older children who can get vaccinated. And don't the young ones really face a decline in their ability to socialize and develop speech, um, concerned by special needs, children with special needs, their parents, that they are particularly affected. I'm just saying what, uh, what a number of educators have yeah. suggested and some doctors, frankly. Yeah, no, no. Frankly, Andrew, you're expressing, I think, a very common sentiment as a parent, um, also as a physician. I asked my pediatric colleagues, because they are the experts, especially child psychologists and child psychiatrists that we work with. They have all kind of looked at the studies across the world. We have not seen evidence that having masks even in a younger age group 
prohibits kind of recognizing emotion. In fact, quite the contrary, younger children use all parts of the face, even when masks, to look for emotion. But you're bringing up, I think, a very important point. When parents are surveyed about, you know, wanting to have masks or not have masks, it becomes so emotional that I think we have to acknowledge that we're all frustrated and we all need to understand when we can remove masks and when we need to put them back into place. What do those measures look like? And there was already concern here in the district that the indoor mask mandate just before Omicron hit was lifted too early and then had to be put back on, leading to more confusion. Dr. Kavita Patel. You know, again, folks, this it's not that difficult. And and I recognize there are some people that uh, I hear from from different people that. There there are. Some people that insist that they they like the kids in mass and otherwise they they can't go and see their uh visit their grandparents what have you but that's that's not the the solution and it's two separate things you know if if <clears throat> the the part that was the real game changer here to me and folks again good afternoon Right now at 122, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. And I think a game changer for a lot of people was when we learned, first of all, they should stop calling it a vaccine because it's more like a flu shot. Um, those that choose to get them, you're gonna, I believe you're going to have to get them every year, much like the flu shot. Uh, people started confusing it like the polio vaccine. Even, you know, President Biden said uh, you know, if you get the vaccine, you can't get COVID. And we've learned that that's, that's not true. That's not the case. They didn't know that at the time. Listen, we've learned a lot about it. You can still get it. It's not as severe. Most people have had it. And it turned into like a little bit of a cold. President Trump was right. You don't need to keep testing people. The more you test, the more you're going to get people that are positive. So a lot of people have been right on this issue. But and, and if you, from, if we believe the science, if in fact you get the vaccine and the booster, you can still spread it, but you're just not going to have it in your system. So you're not spreading it as much as people who didn't get the vaccine. My point is, older people, if you have a family member or you're older yourself, listen, you, I think people kind of know that you children and i say this as the father of three but children do carry they do they carry a lot of germs they do and and kids that you know it flies through the classroom and it does happen so if in fact you know this person who is emailing me saying i want them to wear the mask in school because i still want them to be able to visit my parents. It's important for them to visit the parents. Well, even if they, the children are wearing a mask in school, they could still be transmitting the virus. And the problem with, as many of us know, the, the problem with the virus is even if you test someone, they could, you know, pretty quickly come in contact with someone who maybe you did, in fact, um, test them. And they tested negative. But what happens is in then a very, a very short amount of time, they could, in fact, suddenly be positive. So, I mean, that just doesn't work. And even even if they were masked, if you're an older person during they call it the cold and flu season, you have to be cautious. There are older people. That, you know, someone who gets a cold when they're 10 years old, 20 years old, very different from someone who gets a cold and they're 85 years old or they're 90 years old. Um, Right now, I'm not going to say who he is. Right now, there's a man that I know. um, He is on Facebook. He's local. He's in Rhode Island. He's younger than I thought he was, but he um, he has been very much anti-vaccine, anti-COVID, uh, my body, my freedom, 
that type of thing. And right now, his timeline is filled with people saying that they're praying for him because he is very, very sick in the hospital and with COVID and may not make it. So I'm not going to debate it. I'm watching this play out. I'm watching this play out. And, you know, you, you, you can't ignore the, the fact that, that this is someone who, and again, I'm not trying to certainly be unkind, but, um, but he, he's also obese. I, I thought he was older than he is. He's just, not everybody looks young. He looks a little bit older, not that old. I thought he was maybe in his mid-70s. It turns out he's in his late 50s. He is obese. He has all these postings on his Facebook page about the virus and that he is um, anti-vaccine and COVID's, uh, you know, a scamdemic and that type of stuff. But right now, his timeline is filled with people that are praying for him because I've heard it's I heard from another person that that he has COVID and it's very, very serious in the hospital and it is touch and go. People have died from COVID. It is true. So but, you know, it's a little tough to ignore um, the irony of it, of the people that and, and again, I know everyone is different. But the fact, if as you get older, if in fact you're not in good physical health, if you have underlying health problems, you're not in the in the same position. I do agree that what they're doing, they've done to the children is terrible. What they've done to college students is is terrible. But if if you are not in good health, that's that's a big part of it. Um, now, folks, if you go to the website, topetro.com, I had written a piece about the Moses Brown Valentine's card. Fox and Friends did it this morning. National story about Rhode Island and Moses Brown. You know what else? Not to totally get off topic, but right about now, um, it sure seems... It's one twenty-eight. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM thirteen eighty and ninety nine point nine FM. Folks, don't look now, but boy, it sure sounds like Tom Brady is ready to play again. <laughs> he, I'm starting to. He he retired from Tampa Bay. His words last night on the Jim Gray podcast were "never say never." He could have said, "No, I'm done." He he's not done. I I'm going to go back to. Uh, someone who's very uh, an authority, I would call him, in the National Football League. Jimmy Garoppolo sounds like he's getting shipped out of town by the 49ers. And I, I agree, Brady's dream, as the, you know, grew up, worshipped Joe Montana, it sure sounds that the thing that would be the icing on the cake for Tom Brady would be to finish his career with the 49ers. So, you you don't you know, the whole thing between the botched retirement, the way it came out, and he didn't really mention Patriot fans and blah, blah, blah. Um, I I don't, you know, for Tom Brady last night, say, well, you know, never say never. That That is not, if he's truly retired, you think it would be, no, 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 I'm done. I'm done. That's why I retired. It, free agency really starts in mid-March. Think of that. It was in mid-March that... That he, in fact, when he really started, then um, negotiating with Tampa. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think he is done. I don't think he's done. I think, in fact, it's it's what we initially thought that he may play at least uh, one more season. Who knows? Maybe, maybe more than that. But he still is in very good health. Uh, but I I don't, I think some people may be surprised at that, but I don't, I think now you have to look at 
that it sure sounds, and I know I don't know why the media is freaking out over this person campaigning for Congress and goes to have lunch, and then there's former Cranston Mayor Alan Funk having lunch there, and then they're shaking hands. I don't, I don't know. I don't get that whole. It's the most Rhode Island thing ever. But why is why is that the most? I don't even know what that means. Why is that the most Rhode Island thing ever? It could have happened anywhere. Um, all right, let's get back to it. Folks, again, the, the I also want to um, remind people, th- this situation with Ukraine is, I mean, is there anyone listening right now that has total faith and confidence that the Biden administration is on top of this? It sure doesn't seem that way. Nope, it does not. Not seem that way at all. It would seem that they are still just along for the ride. That Putin is calling all the shots. And Team Biden, along with France and Germany, is um they they're just kind of chasing their tail a little bit. Um, but none of it sounds promising. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this is an easy situation. I think we're certainly going to learn more after the Olympics. After the Olympics, we're going to learn more. Between both what China is going to do with Taiwan. And then also what if Russia, who sure seems that they're ready to invade Ukraine. I think it's interesting that. Um, when we played that piece yesterday of the woman in Ukraine, she said, oh, we're used to the Russian threats. And also, if Russia was going to invade, that we're confident that the United States would not let them. Oh, OK. Oh, that's good. Just make sure President Biden knows that. Really? Huh. So President Biden is telling all Americans that you may want to get out of Ukraine. And instead, what do the Ukrainian citizens say? We're pretty confident that if push came to shove, we know the Americans would have to jump in. So we're not concerned about it. Well, you know, I'd be very cautious with that. And folks, it's never a good sign. Never a good sign when... President Biden, when they start telling all American citizens, you may want to get out of Ukraine, that that's, you know, that's the two minute warning. That's the lights have gone on. They are flicking the lights and saying we're closed. If you've been in a bar at two o'clock, um, as someone that used to work in one, what happens? Uh, they start they start flicking the lights and they're like, let's go. Everybody out. We're closed. Time to go. Um, I also want to play this can't be ignored all right two things number one let me just play Terry Moran has a good piece folks on the situation where President Biden threatened to cancel major pipeline if Russia invades Ukraine that's the least he should do but let me just play this is the uh, ABC piece good on morning, this George. for days world leaders from here Washington right to here Moscow on the to here in Kiev have been struggling scrambling frantically to find some diplomatic solution to this crisis and this morning it looks like they may be making some progress This morning, a glimmer of hope for de-escalation on the Ukrainian border from those marathon talks between Vladimir Putin and French President Emmanuel Macron. French officials saying Putin has made a commitment not to launch new military operations around Ukraine and to withdraw Russian forces from neighboring Belarus after military exercises there end. Now Macron arrives here in Kyiv trying to get Ukrainians on board. This morning, the Kremlin denying there is a deal, but confirming Russian troops will leave Belarus after those drills end. But Russian forces are still massed on the border, and tensions here remain high. President Biden is urging citizens in Ukraine who are not part of the diplomatic corps to leave. Uh I think it would be wise to leave the country. David Plaster has been in Ukraine for 10 years, a former army medic who runs an NGO here. He's been to the front lines to help Ukrainians, and he's not leaving. I just really fell in love with the people. They're wonderful. President Biden, in a joint press availability with the German chancellor, warned Russia that if they invade Ukraine, there will be major economic repercussions, Uh including halting a critical pipeline that will bring gas from Russia to Germany. There will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We we will bring an end to it. I promise you we'll be able to do it. 
shutting down that pipeline could be a massive blow to Russia's economy and Germany's. German Chancellor Schultz did not confirm his country would back that. And now Russia releasing more videos showcasing their military prowess with anti-missile systems in Western Russia. And fighter jets conducting drills over Belarus just north of Ukraine. The State Department estimates there are 10 to 15,000 Americans living here in Ukraine. Many, like David Plaster, will want to stay. But after, the, after Afghanistan, it's clear the last thing the Biden administration wants is another chaotic withdrawal. Of <laughs> well, good luck. The last thing he wants. All right, let's go to the mass mandate, folks. At 136, you'll listen to the John DePietro Show. New Jersey, Oregon, Delaware, Connecticut, all looking to unmask the children. Where's Rhode Island? Where's Massachusetts? Governor McKee's trying to get permission from the teachers union. Here we go. Good morning to you, Robin. Cases have fallen in all 50 states. The governor of New Jersey saying this is not a declaration of victory, but an acknowledgement we can responsibly live with this virus. This morning, with new infections down more than 60% from the peak of the Omicron surge, a major shift into a new normal from New Jersey, Oregon, Delaware, and Connecticut. Four states that once had some of the strictest COVID protocol now planning to do away with mask mandates in schools. And perhaps most importantly, this is a huge step back to normalcy for our kids. New Jersey dropping those requirements under a month from now. Well, for the students, I think it's overdue. It's well overdue. I know that kids don't want to necessarily wear the mask, but it's really for their overall protection. Delaware and Connecticut say they will pull back state mask mandates in the coming weeks. The tools to keep ourselves safe, we've got tools to keep our schools safe, and that's part of living with it. All four states leaving it up to local school districts to decide masking rules going forward. While for now, California is still requiring everyone on K-12 campuses to wear a mask. Overnight, Governor Gavin Newsom announcing the indoor mask mandate for public venues like stores, restaurants, and theaters will end next week for those who are vaccinated. Anyone who isn't must still mask up. It comes as overall hospitalizations are down nearly 50% from the Omicron peak. New pediatric COVID cases is dropping for a second week in a row. But experts warn pediatric infections remain extremely high, still double peak levels from the summer's Delta surge. The CDC still standing by its recommendation that kids and staff wear masks in schools. There are still so many people at risk every day. And by releasing children into an environment where we're not putting Fourth, even the most basic protections is a significant error that's compromising the health of communities. And still more than 51% of children who are eligible are still not yet vaccinated. Of course, children under five are not yet eligible to get the shot. The FDA panel is expected to meet a week from now to discuss that. But George, experts say the best way to slow the spread in schools is to get as many kids vaccinated as possible. Now, folks, still no mention at 138 on this Tuesday. No mention of what Governor McKee is going to do. Now, let me just uh, check the latest. We do have information now. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, Governor McKee, Meteor Advisory. Um, let's see. Governor McKee will host a COVID briefing with uh, Dr. Jim McDonald, Health Interim Director. So it's him, Education Commissioner Angelica Infante-Green, Stephen Pryor, Mark Pappas, Pappas Andrew Novis, Assistant Executive Ernie Almonte. <clears throat> Doesn't mention uh, Sabina Matos. Does not mention um, Sabina Matos. But um, the Lieutenant Governor is what I'm saying. But... Um, so that is going to happen, let's see, tomorrow at 1.30, 1.30 at the State House. So I'm pretty confident I'm going to be there. I'm pretty confident uh, I'm going to be there. Folks, good afternoon. Again, it's 1.40. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. This portion of our program is brought by It's My Health. Now, listen, it's nice out. This is the nicest day we've had, I think, all month. For crying out loud. Listen, why not? And it's going to be a nice week. Why not take a ride? Maybe you're listening right now. 
and you're on Menden Road in Cumberland. Well, you're in luck. You can pop by 1099 Menden Road and see my friend Marie at It's My Health. Diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. Inside, the service is tremendous. There are all, all the items are healthy, help your health items. Vitamins, herbal remedies, local products, maple syrup, honey, Icee, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, hemp and CBD products, natural skincare products. Stop in and see Marie right here at the corner, Martin Street and Menden Road, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. You'll see the flag out, the old white church. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. Right now, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Well, folks, as always, visit the website, depetro.com. This portion of uh, our show and also the website is brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Stop in and see them, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. A great meal, a feast, if you will, is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. So the situation with uh, Ukraine It obviously remains very, very serious, as a matter of fact. Very, very serious. Um, It it, it also, as Donna Perry mentioned in our first hour, it's, um, I don't know, it's not very comforting that the Biden administration are announcing, well, they, they, Russia may invade Ukraine at any moment. We don't know. And I mean, that is not exactly having the pulse of it. Um, I'm seeing right now, uh, headline, Russia undercuts uh, Macron's during his visit to Ukraine. The Kremlin re- rejected reports that the president of France had made progress towards de-escalation. He arrived in Kiev with no promise Russian troops were going anywhere. So now, you know, that's obviously that's not a good sign that the French president is trying to say, oh, yeah, we're, we're calming things down here. The Kremlin rebuffed the idea that the president of France had made meaningful progress towards defusing the Ukrainian crisis in their high-stakes meeting in Moscow. Um, statement by Russian leaders appeared to undercut French diplomatic authority, even credibility, as Macron arrived in Ukraine to continue his shuttle diplomacy with 130 Russian troops just outside Ukraine and the White House warning that an attack on Ukraine could be imminent. Even before the plane touched down in Kiev, the Ukrainian capital, the Kremlin spokesman rejected reports the two presidents reached any agreement to de-escalate, suggesting it was the United States, not France, that had standing to negotiate such a deal. Now, I want you to think about that. In the current situation, Moscow and Paris could not make a deal. France is in the EU, not a NATO member, he said, adding France is not leaving NATO. He also took issue with news reports quoting French officials as saying Macron had left Moscow with commitments that Russian troops would not stay in neighboring Belarus after the completion of military exercises and that Russia would not conduct any new military maneuvers near Ukraine in the near future. The deployment to Ukraine was always intended to be temporary, but Russia made no promise about when it would end. They declined to comment on the report about new maneuvers. Russia said elements of its Navy had been dispatched to Black Sea waters near Ukraine. Putin and Macron had a five-hour one-on-one meeting at the Kremlin Monday night. Then a joint news conference that went well past midnight. Putin swung between, between ominous and something verging on optimistic keeping his comments vague enough to keep the world guessing. A number of his ideas or proposals, which is probably too early to speak on, I see as rather feasible for creating a foundation for further steps, he said. (laughs) But he also warned of war with NATO if Ukraine joins the alliance. Did not rule out an invasion, though the Kremlin insisted there's no plans for one. Meanwhile, in Kiev on Tuesday to meet with Ukrainian president, President France said you must not underestimate the tension that surrounds the situation. Folks, never mind. You have these protesters at the Rhode Island State House saying that it is 
the United States that is upping the tension, which is ridiculous. The Ukraine foreign minister said his government would not cross red lines that infringe on its sovereignty and negotiations on a settlement with Russia. Well, again, I mean, I, look at how Moscow is saying uh, France doesn't have the power. France doesn't have the power. They don't have the standing to negotiate with us. That should tell you a lot. News analysis. Putin is operating his own timetable. Maybe a long one. Standoff between Russia and the western Ukraine could turn into a drawn-out, dangerous diplomatic slog towards a difficult settlement, to say the least. Ukrainian leaders have so far refused to compromise on Putin's terms. President Putin is increasingly staking his legacy on reversing Ukraine's pro-Western shift. Even if he does not order invasion this winter, he's making it clear we will keep the pressure on. Backed by the threat of force for as long as it takes to get his way. Folks, this is the battle of good versus evil. He cannot be trusted. And their disinformation cannot be trusted. But, you know, I thought... It's a little odd. Like, so France is really going to be the one that's going to get him to stand down? France is going to do that? As as we discussed in our first hour with, with Donna Perry, who was saying, you know, it's really the United States that would have to get them. To back down. It is not going to be France. Um, it is certainly not going to be France. And it's so now also, how about the truckers and the protests block key bridge between the U.S. and Canada? Folks, this is something to watch. I think these truckers and this convoy, uh, this is another story that is not going away. And if anything, they're waiting to see it's starting to take over Canada. Um. And it certainly seems to be heading towards the United States. All right. Women say the NFL pushed them aside despite promises. After the Ray Rice scandal, the NFL stepped up hiring. Boy, the NFL, I mean, it is like get in line for the people that want to go after them. You know, that, that is the, the, the wife of Ray Rice. Is that really Elisa Leeds? Is she... Is that really the person that should be going after the NFL? You're the one that got in a fight with your husband in the elevator or your boyfriend, what have you. Um, I mean, it's just... What were they supposed to do? There was video of him beating her in the elevator. And then they start to go after them for saying that they didn't do enough. But that's... Now I'm confused. Um, block there. All right, I'm sorry, folks. I'm being a little, I'm skipping around a little bit about exactly. Oh, Teresa Locklear, the league's director of business intelligence. All right. So it was his uh, girlfriend who was going after them. Folks, right now at 148, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Stop in and see them. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. They're waiting for you. Full bar, large dining area right off of 146. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. So... Governor McKee definitely has some decisions to make. Um, I want to see, you know, tomorrow we're going to find out more of exactly where they're going to go. The The Republican Party of, of the state, I hope they don't miss out on this opportunity to, um, to and I mean that, to appeal to parents who are upset about the McKee mask mandate and um let's see oh this is interesting wow bob walsh is leaving the nea uh, a few weeks ago i quietly informed that after so 30 years i intend to retire august 1st of this year um following week there's a high profile announcement made some folks wonder however i can assure you no interest Blah, blah, blah. Retirement. 
Wow. That is huge. Wow, that is huge. What a win for the children. What a huge win for children and families to get that creep out of there. As grief counselors are making their way over to the Wampanoag Trail <clears throat> to um, for to try to uh, comfort some of the hosts that are having a tough time with the uh, the Walsh retirement. So good. Listen, the guy should have been out of there a long time ago. Um, finally, but uh, I want to get back to tomorrow. Is in fact a big day. Because Governor McKee, you know, with with all of the um, politics involved with what they've been trying to do with the the masking and the teachers unions and all these people that he calls stakeholders that really just seem to be union representatives. Um, It's time that Governor McKee step up. And show that he is some kind of backbone, I believe. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought by Competition Shooting Supplies. Stop and see our friend John Francis, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. I, Pawtucket, I recognize you have some options with where you purchase firearms, ammunition. I'm asking you, I'm asking you to shop at Competition Shooting Supplies. They're open Tuesday through Saturday. Give them a call, 727-1716, 401-727-1716. Look for them on Facebook. You can also sell firearms to John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies, or you could even sell some things on consignment. Maybe right now you'd like to be a little more liquid, or maybe someone passed away and they had a uh, you know a collection of guns and, and no one is interested in keeping them. Sell them to Competition Shooting Supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Easy to get to. You take the last exit in Rhode Island, exit 2A. You're going to drive past the Attleboro train station. And then you're going to be at Newport Avenue and Benefit Street. You hang the left. And, folks, you're going to find yourself right there at Competition Shooting Supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Well, folks, good afternoon. Again, it's the John DePietro Show. As always, visit our website, DePietro.com and DePietro.com, which is brought by Brood Awakenings. Discover the brew difference. Fresh ingredients, uh, cozy environment, big comfortable chairs, big flat screen TVs. Right now, they're open for lunch or breakfast sandwiches. Discover the brew difference at Brood Awakenings. Two locations in Johnston, one Pontiac Avenue in Cranston, and also Bald Hill Road in Warwick. So, folks, again, good afternoon. I'm seeing, um, let's see, we have uh, the Rhode Island Republicans up at the State House want to get rid of the mask mandate. Uh, we have from a pediatric infection. Just disease. We're all relieved to see it. We're not yet where we need to be in terms of rates of vaccine to children. Get rid of the mask mandates. They they just they just don't understand that people are are done with the whole thing. Absolutely, just don't understand that they are done with it. Um, it is what part of irreparable harm do do people not understand? Irreparable harm. I don't get it. Um, There's nothing to think about. You know, this is another one, though. I'll say this about Gina Raimondo. She didn't follow or care what other states were doing. Governor McKee really cares what other states are doing. If anything, he will not break out on his own. Um, He does not seem to be that he's willing to jump out on his own in, in any way. And it's to the detriment of to uh children at this point what are we talking about so many people have had covid or and so they have natural immunity children have been spared of this it is not most children remember you have to deal in majority if you have 100 children and and by the way there's no children on island right now that are dying from this End the mass mandate. Let these children get back to normal. 
This is selfishness. You can't listen to the chicken littles. It'll, it'll never be over for them. So many of these people that have claimed power, they never want it to end. Because if the pandemic ends, they go back to being irrelevant. They like the attention that they're getting. So they're always saying, well, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. I remember several years ago, someone made an announcement that um, that thanks to all their efforts, there were no more homeless veterans in, in Rhode Island. And everyone thought that that was a good thing, except for an organization that had formed and their people were being paid to do what? To help veterans and homeless veterans. And they put out a statement saying no one should ever say that there are no homeless veterans. There are homeless veterans. There will never not be homeless veterans. So that's why we can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. They never want it to end, right? Nothing is over. Just like Sylvester Stallone at the end of Rambo, nothing is over. That's what, you know, that's what they're saying. Folks, this portion of the program of the John DePietro Show at 156 on this Tuesday, and it's not your imagination. Boy, the weather, I can't believe what a difference it starts to make. My goodness, this week it's mild. Next week certainly seems, or at least for the remaining part of this week, looks nice. Oh, wait a minute. I'm looking at next Monday, Tuesday. Temperature drops down again. <laughs> drops down again. All right. Well, let's let's just focus on the next few days. Um, but the, the fact of the matter, actually, still not that bad. Still um, not that bad. Uh, whenever it feels like 37, even if the temperature is... Uh, above that, it certainly, you know, feels better. So, um, but my point is, no, next week, not that bad. Not that bad. It was a little bit chillier. But let's just enjoy this week, especially Thursday, 50 degrees. Saturday could be 52 degrees. So all good. But I want to remind you of Brother's Disposal. 40 days until spring. And maybe you want to start your spring cleaning now. We'll call Brother's Disposal. How about a purple dumpster in your driveway? 401 6880517401 come on brother it's brother's disposal call them today 401-688-0517. now offering weekly trash collection services as well but it's really you they will deliver a purple dumpster to your driveway it's brother or place of business just give them a call call brother roland at 401-688-0517, 401-688-0517. Come on, brother. It's brother's disposal. Well, folks, right now, it's 158. Coming up, you will hear the 2 o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. Now, tomorrow, i got to make arrangements. Obviously, I want to attend the Governor McKee COVID briefing. Two things that you want to watch that are happening. One is the governor, this emergency declaration that he's under. uh, There's a lot of people pushing back on that and they should push back on it because, you know, at what point do some of these other people start doing their jobs? So that's number one. And number two is the mask mandate. I want to remind people, Governor McKee could announce right now today. That's it. The mask mandate for schools is over. The mask mandate for stores is over. But it certainly doesn't seem that he wants to do that. Governor McKee, uh, as we've said, he has a different cautious approach. Um, That's why he likes to pack big crowded press conference. So if someone asks him a question, he can just, it's a hot potato. Oh, let's bring so-and-so up and they can answer that question and blah, blah, blah. So um, I think we will be there tomorrow. That would be my initial plan is that we'll we'll, uh, be there and broadcast from there, but we will have to see. Well, folks, again, it's John DePietro. I want to thank you for listening. Remember, we start at 11. We go until 2. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news, and then you're going to hear the uh, John Dion program. I will be doing Facebook Live later, so find my Facebook page. As always, you can go to the website, DePietro.com. We have links to all of our social media pages. Listen, enjoy this Tuesday. It's nice out, or it's certainly not freezing out. And stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news.